Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in. A new month is here. It is November 1st, 2022. Yes, the month of cleaning up leaves. The month of starting to thaw that turkey. Got a little ways to go before you need to do that, but never want to start too late on that, so just getting that in your head. Some might call it the penultimate month. The penultimate month of the year, yes. The year to start thinking about, the month to start, for most people, to start thinking about holiday shopping. The uh, the month that starts college basketball. So uh, a lot of stuff here on our menu as we get into the month of November and maybe the month we see our first snow in Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll see. It's going to have to get out of the, uh, you know, the high 70s and 80s for that to happen, which we got, what, three more, three more days of before a big changeover, it looks like, on Friday, at least for the coming weekend. Glad to have you with us. Got a good show for you today on a Tuesday morning. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us. John Baylor is going to join us to talk Husker volleyball one week out from Election Day. Uh, I got, got I got a little bit of a audio election guide for you that I've uh, been working on a bit. We'll do that at eight ten this morning, and so yeah, we are uh, we are ready to go. Hope everybody had a great and safe Halloween. Uh, amazing weather out there this year for Halloween. We sat outside on the on the driveway the entire night and. Uh, just handed out candy that that way, so didn't have the doorbell and the dog freaking out every five ten minutes. But um, saw saw a bunch of people, saw some listeners, uh, saw Caleb's family uh, come over and yeah. his daughter, who was very cute in the whatever Star Wars character that was <laughs> with the lightsaber. It was nice that it was actually by the time we got to your house, it was dark out. Yes, so she could just be walking up the dark sidewalk. Yes, with the, she just with walked. The <laughs> she just walked with the lightsaber extended, looking for me. She, she was <laughs> she was looking for trouble. She was, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, also finding people in my family who would continue to give her candy. She targeted uh, your wife. My, she she was the weak one, evidently. She said, "This one here will give in." Yes. So uh, <laughs> we had, we had a fun night uh, last night. Hopefully, you all did uh, as well. And uh, yeah, we are uh, now into the month of November, and and Kyle, you you do hate. I mean, I, a bad transition here, but um, th- did you see this story out of Omaha? A terrifying situation uh, after a neighborhood celebration in uh, in the uh, and I I don't know this well, so I hope I don't mispronounce it. I'm not familiar with the uh, the Mini Lusa, uh, which is a historic district in in North. Omaha, uh, it's on the National Register. Uh, it's a, it's just a residential historic district. But they did a a Halloween party and an incredibly scary situation as a car basically just goes through the barricades there, where you got a bunch of people. They have a a street closed off and and uh, you know kids there, candy. I'm sure all those sorts of things. It's a neighborhood Halloween celebration, uh, b- big block party out there. And car drives recklessly through the area, goes through the blocked off area. You got kids and adults trick or treating at the time of this, and you got police officers who are there uh, as part of the, you know, handing out candy as part of the whole deal. And 
the the car initially drives slowly through the crowd. People are yelling at it to stop, according to media reports. Then the engine revs. People start screaming, and then uh, police decided it was enough of a danger at that point that they uh, took fire on the on the car because they were obviously afraid with a crowded situation like that and a car that has been driving erratically already. Uh, all of the damage that it could do. And they did successfully hit the the driver, um, who is in serious condition, as I understand. Um, and so, you know, may may survive this whole thing. We don't have any more details on, you know, what was going on with the driver exactly at that time. But um, fortunately, there was never any um, never any contact with with any people, any adults, any children, anyone who was at this Halloween party. But a terrifying. God, just a, a, I mean, a terrifying situation in Omaha on Halloween. So, um, yeah, scary, terrible situation there. But police acted fast and probably, to be honest, you know, I, again, you don't know what was going through the driver's head. But if they were revving the engine at that point and you're <laughs> you're starting to uh, drive at high speeds through that area, it's going to be almost impossible not to, to injure or worse uh, with people, everybody where at that time, little kids everywhere at that time. So, um, did want to update people on that. I had just been reading about that here this morning. Um, then the drive by in Chicago, Halloween gathering, um, 14 people shot by that drive through, uh, drive by, including a three year old. Okay. Uh, down Kansas City, Kansas, uh, party. Somebody started shooting. Uh, one dead, multiple injured there, Halloween gathering. So some uh, unfortunate uh, situations like yesterday. Yes. Um, all right. Other uh, other things in the – oh, man. I hate to I hate to just start off with, with all this stuff today, but we also learned more about the details uh, of the collision between a car and a tree about a month ago now uh, on Randolph Street uh in um central lincoln uh where six people died there um toxicology came back the investigation came back and lincoln police department announced in a police department uh, in a police excuse me in a news release uh that the driver of the car right before the uh, collision with the curb and then the tree was traveling at speeds of up to a 100 miles an hour, according to electronic data that was collected from the vehicle's airbag control module. Now, you, most of you listening probably have um, either been on this this stretch of street or you've you know maybe you've checked it out since. But that is a residential 25 mile area area that is curvy, yeah, um, and it's almost unthinkable what you know how i mean you can see why the damage that was done was done in that situation oh, absolutely. and no one was wearing seat belts not that the, it would have made a difference the, uh, the front the front seat the driver and the passenger the front seat were the back okay. seat were not uh according to the the report and then the, the other thing is that alcohol was a a factor in this as well and the toxicology reports indicated that um there was, and I don't have the the number right in front of me 0. now. Point two one one was the BAC, about three times the yeah. uh, legal limit. 
Um, the Journal Star had a story that where they talked to, to somebody who was in the kind of that group of friends who were together that evening, but did not end up in that car and is still incredibly just confused by the entire situation, why they were where they were, uh, why they would have ever been going so fast at that time um, and why it happened. He, they, he had talked about just the timing of it. They were going to go home at that point. Uh, but instead, nearly a half hour later from when they would have normally got home from when they left at that point, they were still, you know, driving around on exactly what led up to that, which, of course, we we won't be able to find out. But now we know more detail. It had taken a while to hear really anything from LPD on that as they did the investigation. But now I know a lot more on that. So, um, geez, I'm starting this off with some. I guess I mean, I'd, and then you got all the the RSV issues uh, in in Lincoln and in other parts of the country, but Lincoln especially right now, um, and the pediatric emergency room pediatric care situations are are stretched pretty thin right now in the hospital. Yeah, yeah they are. And uh, we had uh, one of the the pediatric hospitalists from Bryan Medical a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about it and and how it's. It, Primarily affects kids one and under, at least to the hospitalization. That, now that's not exclusive, but yeah, pediatric beds, uh, as I understand it, Lincoln are are uh, full and overflowing. Yeah, eighty five percent kids age five and younger, sixty six percent in kids ages two and younger to uh, get that. And uh, they the report said that there have been um, thirteen local child care facilities that have had outbreaks so far. Caleb, I don't know if you're getting like uh, messaging and emailing <laughs> and news from your child care facility about this yet, but uh, no, they, something. They, they've they talked just a little bit about making sure just reminding, and we get these this is not just an RSV thing, but uh, since she's been to daycare only in the COVID era, mm-hmm. we get messages every now and then about <laughs> if they're sick, keep them home, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, but because my wife works at a pediatrics office that's 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 the part where she'll come home and say office was full today just it's it's all walk-ins people are trying to schedule stuff but if your kid's sick you want them to get seen now you don't want to schedule something out a couple days yeah yeah uh and then combine that with you know flu cases up as normally happens uh this this time of year it's earlier than normal it is yeah it's true it is you're right you're right, it's only November 1st. It is a bit earlier uh, for that. And and I think there was a small increase of, of COVID cases as well um, that the, the city has seen right now. Um, 1,405 cases statewide last week up from 1,127 the uh, previous week as well. And about 20 more in Lincoln than last week. So that's a little bit of a... Um, well, in the hospitals, a, a nominal number there. And the hospitals are facing another challenge, and that is people who are ready to be discharged, but there's no place for them to go. Uh, Nebraska Hospital Association, we've got the reports we're airing today, and we've now posted it on at KLIN.com. But in the state, there were over 200 patients that could have been discharged uh, from their acute care, you know, for whatever reason they were in there, but they would need to go to, to uh, post hospital oh, care like rehab sure or a skilled, place like madonna or something or a like skilled that. nursing mm-hmm. facility or a rest home no place to go so there's it was over 200 beds that were not available to other patients so they basically had to stay there they had to stay there and in some cases i think they said we had, they had nine patients that had been in the hospital over six months 
Jeez. So that just goes to show how the, the health care system is getting backed up. And as the flu season comes up and staffing issues, uh, both yeah. at these rehab places and at hospitals, uh, it could be a, a, a tough winter. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Boy, a lot in here so far today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, a a two-time terrible Tuesday here. Yeah. It's, it seems like it at this point. Um and then uh, on on a much lighter note, Nebraska football, though disappointing as well. Uh, Nebraska football. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph today. Maybe yep. find out some more about whether or not Casey Thompson is a possibility this weekend as Nebraska takes on Minnesota in Lincoln, eleven a.m. game for that. Um, and sounds like the coaches is has been pessimistic, but still a glimmer of hope and so maybe we'll find out a little bit more about that right now big sports illustrated article on mickey joseph in nebraska comes out Mm -hmm. uh, by ross dellinger generated a lot of discussion yesterday as well and and kind of talked about mickey joseph's background and uh you know adapting back adapting coming back to nebraska and everything that goes with that so that generated a whole lot of discussion yesterday from some of the quotes in it um kind of talking about talking about the the last regime at nebraska to the way that dellinger kind of characterized uh lincoln and and nebraska Mm -hmm. um you you got the cornfields references and stuff as you always kind of seem like you do so got that too my goodness well externally there's obviously the content there there's the interview um and we could probably talk about it later internally it's another mickey joseph uh interview that's been granted somewhere else oh <laughs> you mean to a to a national source to, to a national national source. media uh instead of a local media instead of us i see what you're saying all right um yeah, so there you go. Powerball. Pa- Powerball. Powerball rolls over again last night. Again, no winner. And so we'll be well over a billion dollars for the jackpot Estimated on Wednesday. 1.2. I think 1.2 uh, could go ca- higher. Cash was 500, right? 493. Now they're saying it's going to be over 600, I believe. <laughs> right. But that can, and that can even go, I mean, it's going to probably go nuts this week in terms of. People being interested in okay. it and buying more tickets, and so that could go higher. That's just an that's just an estimate. At okay, this point. so let's say it's six hundred fifty million. Yeah. What 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 is I'll, what is that for your how I'll much you're math. giving away a day? I'll do the math. I've got. I'm gonna actually, you did your twenty k a day. Yeah, deal. I'm gonna actually do the math. I'm gonna actually figure out exactly what the tax because that's pre tax when they do that. I right. think well, you can f- so pro- probably figure about forty uh, percent will go in taxes. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can get a more detailed <laughs> number there, and then I'm gonna give you your life after winning the lottery during the uh, during the morning drive or during the sound off today. We'll see. Do you want to do that? Uh, is eight ten open? Uh, we, yeah, well, I was going to do, I, I did say I was going to do a little bit of an election guide there, oh, so yeah. we'll probably do it. We have got, are you running? I am not. I mean, I'm always available via write-in, but yeah, but which I'll, I see we got write-in signs up now in, uh, yes, in some places. I'll lead your city. exploratory. <laughs> exploratory. Uh, I'll handle your finances. <laughs> hey. Ooh. That sounded corrupt as all can out. Absolutely. <laughs> 
All right, so there you go. Uh, and, and Caleb will get to this here, but World Series postponed last night, so we can get back into that. For the first tonight. time since 2011. Is that right? Cardinals won that. First time a game has been postponed. We still played our slow-pitch softball game 15 minutes away from where the World Series was postponed. That's good to know. We should not have played. <laughs> That's good to know. All right, it is uh, 624 on this first day of November. 50 degrees in the capital city on our way to a high in the 80s. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Yes, it's time for another Fantasy Huskers keyword that you can text into us at the Rick Stein Recognition text line 402-479-1400. That's the number to text it into. If you text it in, you will be eligible to be selected as the picker, picker number three, who is going to try and surmise how many completions Nebraska attains versus Minnesota this weekend at Memorial Stadium, which, by the way, it's looking more and more like weather might kind of impact. We may actually mm-hmm. have a draft that's in double digits this week on the Friday Husker tailgates. You might want to factor that in when you are making your guess. But first, let's give you that keyword, which is press, P-R-E-S-S, press. Text that in right now, and of those of you who do text that in, we're going to select one of you randomly to make pick number three. Who got our first two picks this week? Uh, We had Chicken Rich got uh, the first pick, and he says 18 completed passes. Catherine got the second pick. She says 16. Okay. All right, so maybe you will be pick number three. If you don't get it, though, take another shot at it at 810 this morning. And 635 every day on the show, Monday through Friday. Plenty of chances to make a pick. Plenty of chances to get a little extra skin in the game for the Nebraska football game and potentially end up with some Valentino's Pizza and some Alumni Hall Husker gear. Uh, All right, sound off time. What are we going to uh, talk about here today? Ah, Let's jump in it. One week from today, Caleb, is election day in the USA. Uh, And uh, all eyes, especially 
looking at the balance of power mm-hmm. nationally in the House and in the Senate. And while it does continue to look, according to most forecasts, like the Republicans are probably going to end up being safe to take the majority back in the House, the Senate seems to be very, very close, like it seems like it has been for a while. And these polls on these, what, five, six races that are going to really determine this thing um, have been neck and neck. But a new poll out there, maybe some good news, unlike in the House, some good news for Democrats. A new poll shows Democratic incumbent senators in Nevada and Georgia either locked in a dead heat or leading narrowly over their Republican opponents. Senator Mark Kelly, the Democratic incumbent in Arizona, holds the biggest lead ahead of his Republican challenge by a 51% to 45% margin. In Pennsylvania, Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is up slightly against Republican celebrity Dr. Mehmet Oz. Republicans and Democrats are rolling out heavy hitters to barnstorm battleground states and stump for their colleagues. President Biden and former President Obama are ramping up their schedules, but it's unclear if their support will sway voters. Did she say colleagues? Mm-hmm. That was odd. Uh, 538. I, I, I just kind of go to that one, uh, not saying it's perfect, but it's the one that I often go to uh, that does a lot of these projections. They now have the, the way that they do it is they run scenarios and they give an out of 100 chance um, for for each side. They now have the Senate exactly not 50 members, 50 members, but a 50 percent chance the Republicans take the majority and a 50 percent chance the Democrats take the majority, yeah. according to. To their forecasting, as as opposed to the House, where it's 82 out of 100 have the Republicans winning, 18 out of 100 have the Democrats winning. And by winning, I mean keeping, in their case, the the majority, mm-hmm. the majority there. So uh, that is the latest there. Don't forget, when it comes to the election, we will have full election coverage coming up next Tuesday night. We are going to be local here on KLIN starting at 5 p.m. with Drive Time Lincoln and then into the evening, uh, leading you up to the first batch of results that will come in at 8 with analysis, uh, with discussion, with updates, with interviews, uh, and we'll keep going throughout the uh, throughout the evening until we have probably a pretty good idea by the time we sign off who is going to have won all of the key races in the state of Nebraska. And by the way, on the 538 thing, they still have both of Nebraska's uh, two of Nebraska's House seats as solid Republican with both Flood and Adrian Smith at 99 and 100 chances of winning. Uh, Don Bacon, likely a Republican winner, according to their forecast, with hmm. 92 in 100. So a little bit less sure on that one, but still pretty up there. Are uh, we going to name our uh, election coverage again LNK Today tonight? We can. We can. Yeah. LNK tonight, LNK Today Tonight special election <laughs> edition with special guests. Uh, Tim Herzo of Jack Riggins in uh, with us for a portion of the night. We'll probably get some other guests in throughout the course of the night. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, uh, I think it'll be a fun and interesting and informational way to get ready for the results, follow along with, with the results, interpret. You know, it's, it's always a little difficult because Caleb, you know, you, you, you t- last year or not last year, but earlier this year when we did the GOP primary, mm-hmm. you know, those, those first batches of ballots are not necessarily, necessarily characteristic of the way the whole thing is going to go. Remember, Brett Lindstrom came in on the first 
group of ballots in the GOP yeah. gubernatorial primary with a pretty decent-sized lead, if I recall correctly. He did, and it's it's one of those things that it depends on what results get released first. Do they release yep. the mail-in Which ballot, they, the early voting They usually first? do, so yeah. Um, when you do that, and then it's typically your ones that are going to be more towards the left, or if it was a Republican primary, those that are more towards the center are going to have more of the votes early on. Yep, and so we'll we'll explain that throughout the course of the night, and and uh, and and get some help from some experts that are really good at looking at this and, uh, and knowing uh, what they mean as well. So be listening on Tuesday night. Make plans to have the KLI on app or a radio close to you as you listen for election coverage. Um, all right. So yesterday I said this uh, this Paul Pelosi in uh, in uh, San Francisco thing. I I was talking about how there were a lot of you know, kind of a lot of questions that were still left hanging about it that authorities hadn't answered, and that was kind of creating a vacuum of information and a lot of people putting forward what they wanted the story to be with that. Well, at least if if you believe authorities now, we have a lot better picture of exactly what did happen that night in the middle of the night when uh, this intrusion and attack happened. Police say 42-year-old David DePoppy broke into Pelosi's home, woke him up, and demanded to see his wife. When Mr. Pelosi told him she wouldn't be home for a few days, DePoppy said he would wait. Mr. Pelosi was able to slip into the bathroom and call 911. When police showed up, authorities say he ran to the door and grabbed onto the hammer that DePoppy was holding. Police say when they arrived, DePoppy gained full control of that hammer and swung it right into Pelosi's head. DePoppy was arrested immediately. Now, during a Mirandized and recorded interview, the complaint states that DePoppy said he was going to hold Nancy hostage and talk to her. If Nancy were to tell the truth, he would let her go. And if she lied, he was going to break her kneecaps. He also said he viewed her as the leader of the pack of lies told by the Democratic Party. All right. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess that clears up uh, a lot of the questions that were still out there surrounding that whole thing. Uh, my goodness. Um not the it, kneecaps. It's uh, and yeah. What what is the deal with that? I, is that a is that a like a mob? That's thing? That's an old school mob thing. Is that what that is? And, it, and I mean, it sounds like he was he thought that he was just gonna wait there. He was just gonna hang out with Paul like for days until she came back. I don't. Somehow he gets to the. Bathroom. I don't know if he just told him he was, you know, going to go to the bathroom. I don't know what exactly was happening, but got in the bathroom, made the call, and then yeah, this attack is the actual attack with a hammer. According to what authorities are saying, didn't happen until police were there. Um, and so just a again a a weird situation. And um, uh, I, I, from what I can, from what I understand, he's going to survive this thing. But um, dude, obviously has some issues. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, well, this is interesting. Uh, Supreme Court uh, heard arguments from universities and from students who believed that they have been uh, aggrieved by affirmative action policies in an attempt to find out whether or not some colleges with their affirmative action decisions on admission have been violating the U.S. Constitution. Justice has heard two cases challenging the use of race in admissions at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina that could undo decades worth of affirmative action precedent. It seems that, and that would not have a constitutional uh, uh, 
problem if you did it socioeconomically. Justice Clarence Thomas offered race-neutral admission standards, noting high percentages of wealthy students at Harvard. Liberal justices questioned overturning precedent they argue has provided opportunity for minority students by considering race as part of the admissions process. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right, so this was like a marathon hearing, went about five hours, and they heard from, you had had several of them arguing on behalf of Harvard and the university. You had others on the other side of this that had argued for the conservative group Students for Fair Admissions. Um, That was the group behind the challenge on this. I mean, I think we know how this is. I don't think it's going to take a lot of guessing to know how the ruling is going to go on this. I suppose the the bigger question is exactly how far the ruling will go exactly on on this thing. So uh, we will we'll see on that. Uh, and I I should point out that uh, some of the uh, the the students behind the lawsuit in this uh, were actually Asian students yeah. who said. They were they were being um, they they were being the people of um, people that they were not able to the ones not able to get in because of um, affirmative action benefiting other um, racial groups right Typic- other ethnic groups typically you see the challenges to affirmative action come from from folks that are white yeah right so so and that that's the part where when you look at it. And you heard it in the clip as well, how to base some things on race and ethnicity versus socioeconomic conditions. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, I mean, that was Clarence Thomas sort of saying, maybe you can do it this way and it'll pass constitutional muster. Right. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see on, uh, we'll see on that. But I, you know, with the, with the majority with the numbers are as they are on in the Supreme Court at this point, you know. I think it's probably clear, but it could have, you know, it could have that you've got high school, you've got high schools in some of these bigger states, too, that have admissions policies that will be impacted mm-hmm. um, by this. And and especially um, you've got like in California, you've got Asian Americans and especially Chinese Americans who are frustrated with the way that the system is working for them yeah. right now. So it's not. Like I said, I think, you know, sometimes you sort of have an assumption about who's involved in these cases, like you were saying, and it mm-hmm. may may surprise you uh, to some degree in this case. Um, all right. Well, we're start. We got the first. I don't know if it's the first. The first big name that has said, you know what, Twitter, I don't think we're going to advertise, at least for the time being, anymore on the new Twitter. GM says they are out. Elon Musk is being faced with striking this delicate balance to retain the support of key stakeholders. A number of brands have shared that they plan to walk if President Trump is let back on the platform. But General Motors has become the first major brand to hit pause on their advertising. They've confirmed to Fox Business, quote, we're engaging with Twitter to understand the direction of the platform under their new ownership as is normal course of business with a significant change in a media platform. We've temporarily paused our paid advertising. Now, Musk, for his part, is sharing no content moderation changes have been made yet, but we are seeing him walk that thin line when it comes to managing government stakeholders as well. There you go. That's interesting because I had, I had not heard about businesses. I had heard a lot of people talk about how they're just leaving Twitter. I'm like, okay, well, you'll be back. But but right. for but for a business what where the money is, that is is important. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, and again, 
that the question I've asked a million times is, is this about idealism or is this about uh, making money? Uh, and w- which will it end up being for Elon Musk? Because I don't think they're necessarily going to end up being one and the same. We will see. Uh, hey, we are now in November. So guess what? If you're thinking about that turkey, <laughs> you now have an option as of today to get some expert help with any of your turkey issues already. The countdown to Thanksgiving is on. The 2022 Butterball Turkey Talk line is officially open to help home chefs gearing up to host the holidays. The line, 1-800-BUTTERBALL, will remain live through December. Turkey tutors have been calming nerves and answering questions for 41 years, more recently serving up advice through text on the company's website and on social media, calling on Fans to tag their turkey appreciation with the hashtag Butterball Turkey. The company also recently promoting a limited edition Butterball Turkey Talk Line comfort calendar, providing hosts with 24 days of emotional support and tips. <laughs> Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Wait, what was that last thing? A t- Butterball comfort calendar. Um, I suppose it's like an advent calendar, but to calm your nerves coming up to Thanksgiving that you're not going to screw up the turkey. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. That, I, here's what I'm going to do Thanksgiving morning. I'm going to call that tip line and I'm going to keep calling them with just the most disastrous scenarios I can think of. <laughs> just like crank anchors and just recorded, <laughs> record the whole thing. I dropped the whole thing into the deep fryer. What do I do now? I mean, yeah. Don't do that. What, the what what's the hard what is the the hard part? The hard part is timing out the thawing correctly. Yeah, the, okay, that's that's a big part of it. That's difficult. It's making sure you reach into the cavity and get all the, you know, the wrapped up guts out. Right. Well, and I I'd never spatchcocked a turkey before if you uh, a couple to do that, of years yeah. ago. So that that was a big learning curve for yeah, me. Yeah, trying to butcher that correctly for that to Try to do that you got correctly. A good knife. Base it off of the the YouTube videos that aren't showing a good angle. I'm like that looks nothing like my yeah. bird. That that that's a difficult part. Uh then yeah, I mean you get a you, you get a meat thermometer, you should be all right and uh, if you're just throwing it in the oven and 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 doing that sort of thing, and then the only other next hard part is is carving it, you know, making sure you're carving it. Honestly, the carving part was the the easiest part for me. Oh, really? Yeah, it it was. It doesn't matter as long as to me. It, I'm not that picky about it as see, long as you see, get that, the meat that's off. That's the part of like as long as the meat's coming off yeah. there, like we're gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it cooked? That's what we're going for. Yes. <laughs> um. All right, man, I still got a lot more here to to get to. This one is this is crazy. So I'm kind of as a as a hobby, I'm always interested in like the history of of the billboard charts and those sorts of things. That probably comes out when we do request line Friday. Mm-hmm. But the, that has been, that that game has been so changed by streaming platforms it really that it's has. not even it's not even comparable anymore to what it was when a lot of us were kids and we were listening to to Casey Kasem. This, for instance, that I'm about to tell you, could have never happened on the old Billboard charts. <laughs> but Taylor Swift has uh she's done it. And if Casey Kasem were counting down the top ten today, after he did his long distance dedication, he would be playing ten Taylor Swift songs yep. in a row to do the top ten. Here we go. 
Taylor Swift has bumped Drake off as the Billboard chart record holder and has become the first artist in history to command all the spots on the Billboard Hot 100 in a single week after releasing her latest, Midnight's, October 21st. Drake was the previous record holder with nine out of ten songs off of his certified lover boy last year. Topping the charts is Swift's anti-hero, Lavender Haze Follows, which is high on the streaming charts with 41.4 million streams. Some of the remaining songs in the top 100 include Maroon, Midnight Rain, Bejeweled, Question, and You're On Your Own, Kid. Michelle Polino, Fox so, News. But- and at number four, you guessed it, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Coming in once again, a new hot country singer. <laughs> and now for your number one song. Uh, yeah, she said it. She made it sound like it was all 100. It was. It's not all 100. It's the, the top. The top ten. I think she kind of misspoke there. Well, and if you don't like it, don't get sad. Get even. <laughs> Is that a Taylor lyric? That's one of the. That's a Taylor. Lyric. I, I, but the, like these don't have. It must. The streaming must be so dominant that I don't think they're getting like tons of radio play now. So there's only, a little, especially all ten of the songs. No, 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 no. I've only heard a little bit of of radio play of um of over the air radio play i've heard a little bit of sirius xm radio play but it is the it is spotify yeah like, that's the streaming like, numbers the 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 streaming metrics that they've got spotify and apple music and the other ones they use those in lieu of or in addition now it used to be sales of singles yes of of the little mini tapes or cd's or or records that they had but they don't that that's not a big thing that's not a thing anymore so yeah so it is yeah my wife loves taylor swift yeah i am very much in this you're in this so you your house is supported your house has been uh a part of the reason that she was able to get 10 out of 10 on there my house is probably the reason for at least three of them (laughs) alone All right. I we'll have to we'll have to ask our. I don't know if we have a station that hits in the. I, I don't. I doubt they're playing them on red. B probably has. B, B probably. I, plays I would them. think B. We'll have to ask them how much they're they're spinning T Swift, and how many of the and how many of the songs they are. Uh, I know Bick spinning. loves Kelly Clarkson. I wonder if he loves oh, Taylor Kelly Swift Clarkson. as much. <laughs> All right, six fifty six. Oh my God, that, what a what a reference! Six fifty six. We'll take a break. Selling K today with Jack and friends on KLI. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. One more week until. All of the ballots are cast. Some of them, I, I guess, are cast already. But until Election Day in Nebraska and around the country, uh, and uh, take take a break from all of this speculation on the balance of power and the, the House and the Senate, and it's a blue wave or a red wave, 
We'll know what the legislature is going to look like for the next term. We'll know who the governor will be, obviously, uh, for sure at this point. But uh, before we before we get to the finality of that, we've got one more week left and a lot to discuss. And Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is here to do exactly that with us right now. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? I'm good, Jack. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm good. I don't. This is uh, just from a complete like feel perspective of covering this general election it 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 has been a bit odd because i think a lot of times i had you on during the 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 summer mid to late summer where i said uh is is any of this actually even happening is just not much buzz about it and and now it feels like there has been more in in some of the races but it also feels like it's been going on forever at this point i don't know maybe every election's like this but it feels like We've been going. It feels like it is time to actually have this election at this point. Well, if you think back, (laughs) if you think back, the Republican primary basically started in April of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when the Herbster campaign came out. That's when the Pillen campaign basically came out. Lindstrom wasn't long after that. Uh, And that was a relatively complicated campaign. contested primary for for lack of a better yes. explanation i mean so in the end it was you know it was insanity uh so we had you know that lasted i mean we're, we're going on you know 18 20 months i guess of, of campaigning just for that governor's race yeah it's uh that man that that would explain why it feels like it's it's been a long time although not much of the i mean it feels like not much of the current discussion has been um, focus on that governor's race, and we're going to get into that here in in just a little bit. But you, you know, we talked about this last week a little bit. You've got some other races that are kind of taking precedence, and like this week, you know, that county attorney's race here in Lancaster County is making headlines in the Omaha World Herald, which was something I didn't yeah. expect to see. Um, but but nonetheless, uh, speaking speaking of the World Herald, and well, well I want to ask you this question first before we even delve into some of the the story behind the the endorsement that the world herald did but why do why do newspapers still do this joe is this going to go on forever it seems like kind of a a relic of the way that we used to do politics what do you think about newspaper endorsements having worked in the media for a long time i i think they give other reporters a chance to have another story to write (laughs) okay well then i guess that's good for you then so keep them going huh (laughs) but because i don't know uh, I've, I've always I've always believed this. I think at the top of the ticket, whether it's you're talking about the president or a governor's race or a Senate race, I think in those races, endorsements mean less and less. Uh, further down the ticket, where voters are less informed, True. Uh, an endorsement may, may may have a more profound effect. And, and the only other place it has an effect and whether or not it works or not is hard to say. You see this, I've, you've, I, or I've seen this less and less over the years, where if someone gets an endorsement, for instance, when, uh, when uh, I don't know, when Kaor got endorsed by the Omaha World Herald, uh, I, and I'm presuming that she did. I can't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure she did. I'm guessing that there was an ad that came out that said, World Herald endorses you know, KO. Right. And, 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 and all the campaigns would do that. Whoever got endorsed by the World Herald would, would they have a commercial where they would put, put that right up on the screen. I, I see that less and less because I think the campaigns know those things, that it matters less and less. Uh, 
And if the, and if their polling indicates it matters less and less, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter as much as it used to. Well, it, uh, I mean, I guess the other thing is the I mean, the media is looked upon probably differently than it was when when KOR, uh, including print yeah. media, when KOR was running for governor. That's not necessarily a badge of honor, even at this point, for some candidates. No, and, and and but to your question, you know, why did, why do the papers do it? I think they I think those that the papers that do it still believe that they have a quote-unquote civic responsibility to stand up and let their readers know who they are supporting uh, from an editorial uh, position. And I think that's, I think that's admirable. Um, uh, and, you know, you can argue whether it's effective or not, but I think it's admirable. Yeah, I guess. It, it always is a little odd to me. It's like we don't have a, you know, we don't have some kind of a committee here within the radio station, nor right. do you at News Channel Nebraska where you say, well, here's who the leadership here or an editorial board or whatever you want to call it, who who we think the best candidate is. And and if we did do that, it would feel really weird. <laughs> you well, know, not only that, but unlike the newspapers, uh, take it, take any TV station that's running commercials. So you're running an ad uh, and, and, and the commercial comes up and it says, you know, Don Bacon for Congress uh, and and it, and and. But the station has 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 taken an editorial position for for instance in in that case like for Tony Vargas, so you know there is always a concern I think on the part of candidates and probably more so on the part of the TV stations that they could lose revenue would would candidates they didn't endorse uh, pull their commercials from their stations yeah I think that's always been in the back of the minds of of new of uh, television executives wondering if that would be a fallout yep. from an editorial position. And those are some big dollars. Those are some big dollars that come in this time of year. Um, so, the, I mean, the news is not, so given all that kind of preamble about endorsements, I mean, the news that, that uh, well, both the Journal Star and the World Herald endorsed Carol Blood, you know, is what it is. But um, what I think I and you both found interesting was, was the reason, at least the World Herald talked about when they made that decision, is um, was because Pillen did not, uh, he declined to meet with the editorial board at the World Herald. And, and I guess my question for you is, we, we know he's not wanted to do the debates. I think that, I, despite the fact that I didn't necessarily like that and I like debates, I can also understand from a strictly political sense, why you don't take any risk when you're the the front runner? Does this seem like a natural extension of that strategy on on the debates? Well, the Herald said that it didn't surprise them that he didn't meet with them because he hasn't done debates. But I I don't agree. I find that really odd. Uh, their argument, and I and I don't know what their answer is to why they haven't why they didn't take part in the editorial discussion with the, with the World Herald, because their campaign doesn't answer any questions. But um, it's, their answer to why they haven't debated is that they called it uh, political theatrics, the mm-hmm. news media theatrics. They weren't going to get involved in that. Well, that had, meeting with the editorial board of the World Herald has nothing to do with theatrics. It's, it's an individual sitting down and explaining his or her positions on any number of issues that the Herald editorial folks want to discuss, which I, from their editorial, they, when they endorse Carol Blood, they clearly wanted to discuss his tax plan, how it affects uh, education in the state going forward, and a variety of other questions that they've got uh, regarding his, uh, his campaign. And Clearly, he does not want to answer questions about those issues, whether it's to the uh, Omaha World Herald 
or to any number of uh, news outlets in the state. Uh, I've, I've been constant. I, I, for one, have been constantly um, uh, rebuffed for an interview, uh, an on-camera interview with Mr. Pillen, and uh, have made that request more than once and, and don't get anywhere with it. Um, it's it's difficult to understand why he doesn't want to answer these questions. If he doesn't want to de- debate, I, okay, you don't want to debate. But you're going to get challenging questions at some point if you get elected and you're the governor of the state. You're going to get challenging questions from some people at some point, I would think. And I'm not sure what those responses it, are going to be like. Well, I mean, it does make you wonder what will the, how, uh, how will this strategy, if at all, manifest itself if and when, which he likely will, uh, wins this election. Um, because I think you, you will probably... Uh, agree with me that I think for the most part, Governor Ricketts was made himself very accessible um, to media on most issues. Maybe and that might have changed a little bit toward the end. But you know, we I called him and and wanted him on the show. For the most part, I could get him uh, on my show. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's been the case with our newsroom and everything else. Was that your experience for the most part with the Ricketts administration? Yes, and and. Uh, I think rarely, rarely two, certainly hardly ever three weeks would go by that he didn't have a news conference where he would, there's usually some kind of an event that he's he's promoting something. And he would always say at the beginning of the news conference, you know, uh, we're going to have this event and we'll take any questions about it. And then when this is over, we'll answer any, I'll answer any other questions. And he would stand there and take whatever questions came his way. Sometimes there'd be one or two. Sometimes there might be, you know, 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, he would be there and he would do that. And and sometimes he would pop up in the Omaha area on his schedule and I'd call ahead for ask him for an interview. And uh, rarely was it declined. And if it was, it was because he couldn't get He just, they said he just didn't have the time. Uh, I know there were times when he probably didn't want to do an interview, but he agreed to do an interview uh, on a subject that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I remember right after the big, the big fallout in Kearney, where the where when the party you know kind of imploded, uh, he was in Omaha that that Monday. hadn't talked to anybody yet. Uh, I showed up at an event he was at. He came out, took ten you know took ten minutes of questions from me, and, and went and went on. He, he 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 for one clearly was never shy. As I've always said, people may disagree with Pete Ricketts on issues. But in, you you know where he stands because he tells you where yeah. he stands, and you don't and, and you can and he allowed reporters to ask him questions, whether or not he whether or not you know he liked the questions or not, he he took them and answered them and went yep. on his way. Now I know there are going to be people who hear this and say, "Oh, the poor, you know, the poor media, the, you know, <laughs> all, all that that sort of thing," and they're going to be rolling their eyes and. And, you know, I think, uh, uh, I mean, I think probably the, the hope among the pilling camp is that, 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 that feeling will resonate with people and that won't, won't make it impactful. But I guess just, I'm just curious in reality how this manifests itself. Um, when, when you get, like, is it, could it be possible? And I don't know what their strategy is going to be, but I, I mean, at this point, I'd be surprised if he was super open, uh, to, to being available, especially like Ricketts was. Can you actually do that? Can you pull that off as governor? I, we, we may find out. I don't know the answer. Um, the, the, the other the other question, and this goes beyond whether you're, you're talking to a reporter or somebody else in your in your company. Um, you know, you, there are executives who who have trouble being executives because they, people in their organization uh, don't want to challenge the boss. 
because the boss doesn't want to hear challenging comments. I don't know how Mr. Pillen stands with that. He's clearly been a successful businessman mm-hmm. uh, in the state. Sure. Uh, but why he doesn't why he doesn't want to talk to the media about uh, about issues that uh, clearly are important to the voters. Um, uh, it's it's hard for me to understand. Like, At the moment, all we have to know about his campaign and what his future plans are are a few here and there uh, TV commercials where he's talked about a few things. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, at some point, I think you've got, just from a strategy perspective, I can understand the, hey, we're not, we're not going to put this through the mainstream media's filter, and they've got a political filter they want to put. I, I understand that, but at some point, you also, like, just in terms of public appearances, debates, or, or whatever that it is, like, you're risking people starting to think, like, are, are they just not confident he can handle these things? Like, is that an, and, I, I mean, I, I kind of wonder that right now. Is there really a concern well, about this, or is this solely strategic at this point? I don't know the answer. I mean, I just haven't. Well, you just haven't well, seen question, him that much or heard from him that much. Well, the question is clearly legitimate. Take, for example, what was what's going on in Pennsylvania, where the two candidates, Emmett Ma, <laughs> Emmett the, Oz, yeah, and uh, and Fetterman, uh, and, uh, and Fetterman. Fetterman, he had a Fetterman had a stroke uh, before, right before the primary. Uh, and up until, you know, 10 days or so ago, he had not done any debates. Everybody kind of, I mean, I think the general public probably understood, well, they don't want to put a guy out there that's had a, had a stroke because he's got problems apparently t- understanding uh, questions as they're asked to him. So they, they, they wound up putting it on closed captioning so he could read the questions that were right. being asked of him. If, 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 if that individual can stand there and take a debate, you would think that Jim Pillen could stand there and take at least one debate against Carol Blood, or at least talk to the Omaha World Herald about his views on opinions. Yeah. But it, he's, he's, if nothing else, and this is certainly the case, if nothing else, he has raised a variety of questions about how he is going to govern, assuming, as we most of us do, that he's going to be the next governor of the state of Nebraska. Yeah. How is he going to govern? Is it going to be a, a closed-door administration? Uh, how how accessible is he going to be to taking questions from from the media? Uh, I, I Jack, or just I or just making know. public appearances? Even I mean, I think that's a fair question right now. I well, mean, you know, he's he's running around the state campaigning, uh, right? Uh, but but you know, and and he views that from what I understand from the, from different reports here and there, and what they've said is that that that's how he. That's how he's going to talk to the to Nebraska right. one-on-one. Well, once you become the governor, that becomes a bit more it, difficult. You, it, you, you, just, you just don't have that opportunity in that time. And you're right. To his credit, he has, but it's not like he's been locked up in, in a basement or something. He's been out, out uh, talking to Bill, but uh, I guess the, you know, being behind a podium and speaking, right? I guess that's right. what I'm talking about, yeah. um, as opposed to, you know, uh, shaking hands and kissing babies and, and those sorts of things. Um, well, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting with him being kind of the, the odds-on favorite here to to win this thing, despite those endorsements. Final note, I mean, I looked at the Journal Stars article. So they posted video of all the candidates. They just posted videos within the it, uh, article of talking to Mike Flood and Patty Pansing Brooks and, and and, and uh, Carol Blood and Zimmerman, um, but there was just inconspicuously there was no video right there of Pillen, but they don't mention it in the article. So I guess that's the difference. Even though they came out for Blood, so uh, for whatever <laughs> for whatever that's worth, it was a little bit of a contrast from what the World Herald did. Uh, yeah. All right, well, we'll talk again on Election Day, Joe, one week from today, and uh, get our final thoughts before that. So I look forward to that, and uh, we will talk to you then. All right. Have a good week, Jack. Take care. Joe Jordan.
News Channel Nebraska. 726 shows to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. All right, let's get things started right away with number five. Lincoln Police released results of the October 2nd crash at 56th and Randolph that killed six people. Investigators and crime scene uh, and uh, accident scene investigators say 26-year-old Jonathan Kurth was intoxicated when the vehicle he was driving went off the road at 2.15 in the morning, struck a tree. Toxicology tests indicated Kurt's blood alcohol level at the time was nearly three times the legal limit at .211. And electronic data collected from the airbag control module showed the car traveling around 100 miles an hour just before the crash. Kurt and four passengers died at the scene. Fifth passenger died at the hospital. A hundred miles an hour? That, like, it, it's hard to imagine... To some degree, how you even get up to that speed in in that area? Um, yeah, because you got that intersection. You're going uphill, uh, up to hill a little bit to the intersection, and then you cross in, and then you're started downhill. But that's when the road curves just right. a little bit. And so, with with those sorts of speeds, however they were achieved, it, I mean, it explains a lot about what investigators described and and just the the devastation of that comes along with a collision like that at that speed from the curb up to the tree and then obviously you know being the uh, uh, two two eleven um on the on the toxicology report as well um may have impacted that decision making i don't know i don't know there's a lot of questions uh, still about you know how how something how and why something like this even even happened at all um but nonetheless, some answers right now, although I don't know that providing a whole lot of, of peace for anybody involved with this whole thing. No, and of course, I'll be, uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, further actions, uh, you know, amongst the family members. Mm-hmm. And that's, that would be... Yeah, it could, could be, yeah. All right, moving on. Number four. Halloween event in Omaha turned frantic last night. A man drove through a barricaded area and then was shot by a police officer. World Herald's reporting the shooting took place at the annual Halloween on the Boulevard block party. Children and adults were trick-or-treating. Car drove recklessly through a blocked-off area. Uh, the driver uh, is hospitalized with serious injuries. He was revving his engine and was ultimately shot by the officer. In that case, they're still working. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is a... Um, this is an annual Halloween block party in this this neighborhood in in North Omaha, and you had police that were there as you know just part of it, handing out candy. And as you can expect, when when they block off the the street, you've got kids, parents uh, everywhere. I'm sure at that time, in, in you know in the in the dark in in costume, um, and basically from from the reports. You had police and firefighters, as I said, were, were on the scene. This is a neighborhood association, and it's a big... I mean, they get thousands of people there, from what I understand, uh, for this every single year. But the the car was acting... You know, the driver was acting erratic with this whole thing. It was driving recklessly through that blocked-off area. Um, 
and and they started revving their engine again after sort of driving slowly. And he said, "Okay, if this if this car gets going, you got people everywhere. This is going to be a terrible situation." And so the Omaha uh, police officer acted at that moment, uh, fired the weapon, and and as you reported there, um, did hit the driver. And it's 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 amazing though that there wasn't that there wasn't more damage just given how crowded that this area was at the time and um, and yeah. who knows what was avoided with this thing by a quick acting uh, police officer here yeah, you 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 have to assume that uh, they were they were fearful that there could be uh, injury or loss of life if they didn't put an end well, to these these actions from from the from the witness statements to different media sources it, it sounds like this car was already driving through it people are screaming at it to stop right they're saying yep. we got people everywhere it would they would stop drive a little more stop drive a little more and then the the engine revved like it was going to peel out and at that point that's according to witnesses uh when the officer fired a weapon at that point at the car maybe seconds away from it it getting to be a particularly terrible situation so um, we'll see. You know, I, be- I believe they said serious injuries, serious condition, and and so not sure if the driver is going to survive this, um, and if we'll find out more exa- about exactly why something like this would ever happen. But uh, just a terrifying, and I'm sure an event that's going to be really traumatic for a lot of those those kids and families who are there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for a long time on this day, number three. Well, remember the wildfire? I believe it was October 23rd. Uh, two Crete firefighters uh, yeah. were hurt. Uh, 10-11 uh, spoke exclusively to Brad Elder. He's the uh, firefighter that's still hospitalized. He was facing uh, surgery yesterday. They spoke to him over the weekend and talked to him about what happened, and he had quite a story there. It's uh, posted on 10-11's uh, website. Yeah, um, and we've talked about this, you know, several times but volunteer firefighter somebody's got an expertise in this area um and it sounds like in in that interview he's in fairly good spirits despite having gone through as you mentioned surgery to deal with burns on hand legs back and uh, and mark i've never been through this so i'm not speaking from experience but from from what i'm told this is about as painful as it gets yeah they say burns are, are just that yeah they're just as painful as it can be. Yeah, they were. They were. Uh, they came across a home. Essentially, they were trying to uh, do a controlled burn to save the home. Wildfire shifts, turn or, turns around because it was going in a direction that they didn't expect, um, and said it was. And he tripped over the torch that he'd been using, and he so he's just crawling through the fire at this point. Um, they get to their truck. They drive away. They call for help. Sheriff takes them to the ambulance, and they get to CHI Health, St. Elizabeth, which has been dealing with burns for you know burn, yeah, burn victims for years. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's well, a we, we wish him continued recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. Number two. No big treats from the Halloween night Powerball drawing. None of the tickets matched all six numbers. The lack of a winner means Wednesday night massive one point two billion or higher. So, so how much money are we getting? Okay, here, so I actually found a website that breaks down the, <laughs> by state exactly what you would get if you won this thing after taking out all of the taxes. So if you would go lump sum, and this is with the projected total on Wednesday night, it could be 
it probably it probably is more likely higher than what they're saying. But it's usually more than what the projected right. has on. But there. based on the projections right now for Wednesday night in Nebraska after taxes, is this if you take the lump sum? If you take the lump sum, your net payout would be three hundred thirty-five million one hundred forty-three thousand seven hundred sixty-five dollars, subjected to Nebraska state. That's taken off the federal taxes, taken off the income taxes, and then taken off the state taxes as well that would go along with that you're at your if you did the the payments you would get 22 million dollars in in payments every single year okay to so that's that's exactly now provided the government doesn't run out of money <laughs> well the lottery yeah yeah the lottery fun, funded by the government <laughs> there's something so. wrong there's something wrong with that math Take twenty two million a year. That's a thirty year payout. After thirty payments, the total is then six hundred seventy four thousand three hundred eleven dollars. If you take the annuity, it's the one point two billion. Uh, I've got the schedule here. First, pay- uh, I can show you the website, but uh, not nonetheless. Yeah. Let let let's say you do my theory, Mark, and you you take the uh, one time payout. Yep. All right. Three hundred thirty. Three hundred thirty five million. Okay. Mm-hmm. You you. Don't listen to your financial advisor. Yep. And you put it in the bunker. You get it into cash. You do a Scrooge McDuck thing. You put it in the bunker. Uh, let's see. How long do we want to spread this thing out? How? I mean, we're living large on this money. What do we? we how many years do we want to give ourselves to spend all of this? Twenty-five. Twenty-five years. All right. So Mark wants to go in twenty-five years. I guess depending on your, you know, your age tables, that would probably. Uh, I can burn it in twenty-five. Let's right, see what so, we got so, here. So that means you're getting, um, let's see, one point three million dollars every. Is that right? One point three million dollars every year. Three hundred thirty-five. I think I did something. Man, why do I always screw up the maths when I do these things? All right. So three thirty-five million. It would be there thirteen million a year. Yes, thirteen. I'm sorry, I had I had one too few zeros, which is it. So we're going to divide that by twenty five years. That's thirteen point four million per year. You're paying yourself, okay? Uh, what do you want to do? We want to figure that out weekly or daily. Weekly. All right. So we're going to divide that by fifty two weeks. So you can pay yourself uh, two hundred fifty seven thousand every week. Well, that's better out than of the bunker. Publishers Clearinghouse seven thousand. So quarter of yeah, a million. That's Steve Harvey. Quarter of a million every week. So, I mean, hypothetically, on that schedule, for 25 years, you could buy a high-end house in Lincoln, Nebraska, every month for 25 years. I mean, this is like a yeah, real-life monopoly here. And, and and after six weeks, you could probably buy broadcast sales. <laughs> we'll make, listen, we'll make a deal. We'll make that happen for... So you could do it in days. Time. So, how about that? Let's make an agreement right now with a potential Powerball winner. Time to start an NIL collective. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys ready to have the greatest cross country team in the history of the world? <laughs> I'm a fund it. Uh, all right, moving on. Good luck to everybody who plays. Number one. Yesterday, an uh, article in Sports Illustrated by Ross Dellinger gave us a deep dive into Mickey Joseph, his background, and his time thus far as interim head coach at Nebraska. Among the notable quotes from the story was this line. Quote, everybody wants Nebraska to stay sleeping because we've got the resources and they know I can get players. End quote. And then he had a few other things to then say. He said he, he, they, and then he said, they don't want this bleeper to wake up. 
So that I think that got people fired up in the whole thing. Uh, it was you know it was really interesting about the background. He and his family talked a little bit about the you know the challenges of of coming to Lincoln from being around, um, especially the the New, New Orleans community for for so long, having grown up there. Um, and I will say this: Ross Dellinger went a little hard in on the whole stereotypical Nebraska middle corn, of nowhere, middle stuff. of nowhere cornfields stuff, and I, that was that would have been one of my critiques about. The, I will the say whole article. this part on the the race part of the article because one, I will just say it's not going to be super productive for three white guys to hold a real meaningful conversation about race. But I will say this for my family in particular, coming from two very, very white communities in central Nebraska and having a white daughter. When we go to the playgrounds, when we go to the mall, we love the fact that our daughter is interacting with people that we would have never interacted with growing up. And that's because of the Lincoln community, because of the demographics of the Lincoln community. She's hearing different languages. She's playing with kids that were not born here, whose parents were not born here. We love that about the Lincoln community. So for us, obviously coming from a very different area, it's not as drastic of a change as it might be for someone coming from Louisiana, for someone coming from Arizona whose parents came from Mexico. But for us, the demographic is still very different than where we came from, and we love that in the Lincoln community for our daughter. Well, um, and I don't know how long Mickey's story is going to be here. <laughs> you know, it's it's so hard to tell right now. Um, and if they, you know, without a quarterback, if they struggle here the rest of the season, I still think it's going to be a hard sell to end up hiring him. But who knows what Trev has going on. Yeah. Hopefully he's got something, some great plan in place that – is already there and we don't even know about it. And it sounds like Let's other see. people are courting the lane train, so Yeah. Or hopefully they just beat Minnesota and then things get things get really funny. Yeah, again. just went out. Again. Let's do that. All right, seven fifty six. That's it. That's it for your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you're Fofgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, 809. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. It's time to play some fantasy Huskers. Hopefully, for you, uh, if you get this keyword right now, text into the Rickstein Recognition text line 402 479 1400. You'll be in the twice daily drawing to get yourself a fantasy pick. We're talking pick number five, or excuse me, number four for this week, four number this uh, second one today, fourth this week. Uh, the keyword to text in to 402-479-1400 is... Minnesota. Minnesota. M-I-N-N-E-S-O-T-A. The opponent for this week for Nebraska. And we want you to guess, if you are given that pick, how many completions Nebraska has against the Minnesota defense. Mm-hmm. A uh, lot of factors at play in this one. 
We who's, keep we keep going lower with the guesses. Who's the quarterback? What's the game situation? Is it a close game? Is Nebraska up or down? What's the weather situation? Which, by the way, right now does not look as uh, as nice as it's been for the last several games for this game. In fact, precipitation could be an issue here, uh, and so that is probably partially why things are going uh, lower and lower. What do we have so far? With the picks. Well, you had already Chicken Rich and Catherine said 18 and 16, respectively. Craig earlier this morning took 15. Ooh. So we're moving lower. We're getting... Well, that could be good or that could be bad. <laughs> right, right. It's Here's the thing. If Nebraska comes into the game and completes 12 passes, but they only throw the ball 17 times, yeah. you would have to assume from there, okay, the run game maybe was working. They were right. ahead. So you wanted to just burn some clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope that's where this is going. Be good. A bit of a... Uh, Instead of what, uh, uh, lo- 15 for 47 or something like oh, that. Oh, jeez, don't even. Uh, like a like a last year Logan Smothers game plan Iowa. Yeah. It was not airing the ball out type True. of thing. True. Uh, all right, so there you go. So I wanted to... Uh, we are now one week from Election Day uh, right now. Of course, uh, some of you maybe have already voted, uh, maybe some of you planning on Election Day. In fact, I think that's our poll at the uh, the website right now. The poll of the day is uh, if and how you plan to vote. But I just wanted to go through at least some of the some of the kind of races, um, the, especially the ones that I think we're all probably paying pretty close attention to. And, and to just get a little uh, get ahead of the game a bit with a preview of the things we're going to be talking about with them on Tuesday night. Now, uh, Caleb, myself, uh, Mark, the rest of the KLIN news uh, team, uh, Commander Jack, uh, we're going to bring in Tim Haruza. We're all going to have team coverage on Tuesday we'll night. <laughs> uh, Commander Jack will do his his show at Drive Time Lincoln starting at 5. He'll do an extended version of that. We'll jump on with the full team coverage at 7 o'clock, about an hour before those first returns will come in. Um, we'll, we'll discuss the things that we are looking for, and then in real time we will react to all of the election results as they come in with the first batch around 8 o'clock and then again probably multiple times throughout the night. And so if you're looking for a place that isn't just numbers scrolling across the bottom of your screen, if you're looking for something with some actual analysis, some actual reaction, some actual entertainment factor in it, uh, we are the place to be yes. on Tuesday night. Now, uh, just to just give myself some markers to refer to, Caleb, when we do this show together, and and maybe I'll I'll jot some of these down. I thought I'd go through some of the races, and maybe maybe we'll put a little uh, put a little uh, handicapping expectation. Okay, on on I like of some of these. Okay, um, you know that's what people were kind of used to with sports, and so uh, you know I'm probably not as smart on this as as Vegas is with football games, but you know, I know, I, I know a little, and we have some resources that help us uh, being able to figure this out. So I've got the sample ballot out right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, let's go through at least the, you know, some of these that'll, that'll uh, be things that you are voted for Uh congressional ticket to start house of representatives, Mike flood versus Patty Panzing Brooks. Now, what do we have to give us, some level of uh some level of knowledge of what this might be like well we have uh the the report from the special election that's right um so now, you have a direct head to head this calendar yes, year yes yes as different as that is than what we're obviously going to get next week 
So let let's take a look at the the results for the special election uh, this time around, and uh, I'm going to get. I have to pull up. I actually had the uh, had the wrong page pulled up. I had the county page pulled up, but that wouldn't be what you want here for this one. Um, you're actually going to want in this one uh, the special election from the entire area. So uh, the winner in that one. Oh my goodness! And I, well, I have the county numbers I've got pulled up right now, but they're not the the official ones that you're going to want to look at here on this one. Um, in Patty Pansing Brook one at Brooks one in Lancaster County, uh, forty one thousand to thirty one thousand. Now, of course, that is you've got the entire district who is voting on that one, and uh, that one Mike Flood won. Uh, by about, do you have the number there? I am the Secretary of State's page is driving me insane right now, um, and so uh, if you if you have that number for me, if you can um, find it, I don't for have me. total, but it was fifty three forty six. Fifty three forty six percentage. Okay, I, I'll that's keep fine. Scrolling. No, that's fine. We don't. I don't need a total votes number. Do we think that widens? Do we think that narrows? Here's the big the big change on that one is you're probably going to have a significantly higher turnout mm-hmm. for this and i guess you could you could make the argument that since the district is is generally more republican than democrat the the, the natural you know the 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 portion of the turnout if it mirrors what the overall population is you'll have more republicans voting than you will democrats in this and that would in theory extend the lead i th- I tend to think that's what's going to happen. I think it'll be wider than fifty three forty. So fifty three forty six, not by much though. I th- I think we're looking at. I think it'll be in there. I, I'm saying I'll say like fifty five forty five. Okay. So I will make uh, we'll make I'll make the line. How about nine and a half on that one? All right, nine and a half. Fifty five forty five. We'll see if uh, we've got to cover. Is that does that sound, seem accurate to you? Does that seem? I was going right to say fifty six or fifty seven, but okay. Yeah. So you're going to go. You're going to take. Uh, you're going to take flood minus the points. Yes. In in that one, don't actually gamble on elections. That's not legal. We're just doing this for analysis purposes. Okay. Next one, governor. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have a head to head matchup between Jim Pillen and Carol Blood to have a you know to to get sort of a a sense on exactly uh what a previous matchup would have been between them. No, but we do have the historical trend of statewide races especially for this office. Yes, you can you can look at those. So, I guess maybe the most relevant thing to go back to, although this was an incumbent, so I'm not sure how much better that would be, but you could go back and look at, you know, when Ricketts ran for re-election mm-hmm. in in 2018, and, and exactly what the what the result on that one was. And again, the Secretary of State puts out these things so that accessing them quickly is nearly impossible uh, on this whole thing. But I'm going to give Ricketts a, or excuse me, I'm going to Pillen obviously is the favorite significantly in this whole thing. I would say, I don't know, it's going to be something like 60 plus, we're, we're talking 60 plus to to 30 something, right? Well, if you go back to 2014, yeah. Ricketts uh, beat Hasbrook 57-39. And he was an incumbent at that time, so I think that aided him a little bit. 
I think it'll be less. So it's fifty-seven thirty-nine. Well, that no, no, no. I went to twenty fourteen. Oh, not in it. So it's New Year. Got you. Thank yeah. you. And Hasselbrook was Hasselbrook maybe maybe arguably a stronger candidate than than Blood is perhaps. And that was fifty-seven thirty-nine. I do think Pillen. I think it'll be in 60. the sixties. Yeah. I'm going to go, so let's say, I'll say, uh, because you've got some other votes in there, let's say he gets 61, mm-hmm. and she, you know she gets a little bit, so like maybe 61, 37, 61, 37, because there's going to be a few other I votes in there. I can see that. There. So 61, 37, that would be a, that would be a 24, mm-hmm. that would be a 24 point gap. I think I might still go with Pillin. You'd still go Pillin, given the 24? Okay. Yeah, pill and minus the 24. All right. right. Uh, Next race on the sample ballot here. Uh, Well, we got got several of these now that are only one that are basically uh, either just a Republican that's uncontested or Republican versus a legal marijuana now uh, candidate. So I don't I think those are not going to be particularly, particularly close in these whole things. Um, But. Here's the next interesting one. And we got no election results really to go back on this one. County attorney. Oh, jeez. Condon versus Moorfeld. Welcome to this one. This is this is a very difficult. I mean, there's no there's no way to get a good handle exactly. I mean, you kind of know how the county votes. Is the incumbent the automatic favorite? The, 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 you've got an incumbent that benefits Condon. You got kind of the way politically the county has voted in recent elections that probably helps Morfeld. I think Morfeld's had a lot of uh, has had some more fundraising. But to be honest, you can't really tell that. I don't think from the volume of of commercials or anything like that. Man, I don't know. I think it, I and I think there was. I think. Do you remember all the efforts to keep Morfeld off the ballot at the beginning That's too? Like right. there was. Man, I am. Th- this line, I. I would give. I would give make Condon a favorite by. Two and a half percent. This feels 50-50 to me. Okay, if you, if two and a half. The benefit of being the incumbent. I'll take Morfeld plus the points. All right, you'll take Morfeld plus the points on that one. I'm over here writing these down like a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, how about how about some of the um, the legislative races? Okay. Here in this one, and we can go back, and we can go back, because I could go through all these other, you know, I could go through all these statewide offices, but they're all like either one candidate or Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many so many tickets where you're you're voting, you'll go to yeah. these races and your vote really doesn't have to do a right. whole lot. Uh let's see, legislature, uh district uh two. Uh we've got the uh the two vote uh highest vote getters were Robert Robert Clements at one thousand eight hundred eleven and Janet Chung at one thousand seventy on that one. See these are always hard because Because where do the other votes because go? Because where yes, where do where do the other votes go on all of these things? And so this is you know, it's a it's a bit of a crapshoot. You gotta figure out exactly who was who was eliminated, uh who might be in there and um you go by the raw votes, though, on on this thing last time around, and you can see that uh, Clem, Clem, uh, Clements had the most on that. So, um, or excuse me, Chung had the 
the no Clements did by yeah, Clements by seven hundred. Um, so I, I I'll stick with that then. I'll stick with that on on that one uh, because there weren't a ton there weren't a ton of other votes in that race. So that's probably about a I don't know five percent five percent or so on that one. Then, then the race that has been getting a lot of attention, District 26, George Dungan and Russ Barger. Russ Barger had 2,800 votes. Dungan had 2,500. He had a couple other candidates that did get a handful. Um, I'll make I'll make Barger a slight favorite there, again, because got the most in the primary mm-hmm. um, on that one. I don't even want to do percentage on these legislative ones. No, those, those feel like just pick-ems. Yeah. Uh, you just pick the money line on that. Yeah. Um, Jane Raybould in, in district 28, uh, going against Roy Christensen, she's got, she almost, there were only, they were the only candidates who are listed on the ballot. Mm-hmm. She over more than doubled him up. That's a district that's in her favor. Yeah. Heavy favorite in that one. Uh, I would think, uh, Myron Doran uncontested in district 30, Tom Brandt uncontested in, in 32. And then we got an interesting one in 46 that Haruza talked about yesterday. Daniel Conrad, James Michael Bowers. Both left-leaning candidates. James Harold was in the uh, in the primary. Uh, he finished third, and so I'm not sure who his votes go to between those two candidates at all. But it was neck and neck between the two of them. I think I think Conrad is the slight favorite. She represented that district for a long time in the legislature, uh-huh. has experience in the legislature, and so there's probably that one as well. So. And then, uh, and then the other one we have nothing to refer back to. Voter ID. I think voter ID passes. I, I want to say fifty six forty four. Fifty six forty four. Higher than that. I, if I gave you, if I gave you twelve percent, fifty six forty four. Were you? T- are you taking that? I will take pass minus the twelve. So you think more? You think more than fifty six? Yep. Um, minimum wage. It's just hard to tell. There hasn't there hasn't been a ton of organized opposition. They've passed in the past. That'll be closer though. I'm thinking fifty three forty seven pass. Ooh, I'll take. So I'll six. say six. I'll take six. Yeah. So you're gonna take uh, mi- you, minus the six. You'll yeah. take. You'll take more than that. You think you'll go more than that? Yeah. All right. So anyway, just just some ideas uh, on on setting up what to expect on election night. Who the favorites are, you know, what are the surprises the night before? And listen, I don't determine who the favorites and surprises are, but I'm just going through some of the data and and trying to figure out mm-hmm. where we are and what would have to change in terms of turnout, where you'd have to have votes that are flipping on some of these things when it puts uh, some of the results in context for Tuesday night. All right, eight twenty-five. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Waking babies in the North Bottoms, and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. Hey, you know, I think I, uh, I'm hoping to go see some, and now it won't be Nebraska volleyball. I can't get tickets to that normally, but I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm going nice. go to go to PBA and watch a little volleyball here this, this week weekend, at some point. I love it. Oh. Yeah. What, starting wet, we got a new schedule. We're starting nice. Wednesday, right, Caleb? Yep. Wow. Tomorrow. Games tomorrow. tomorrow. I like seeing teenage boys in wigs. That's a good deal. <laughs> they're right good. there in the first row and they're going crazy. Uh, my, that'll probably be my, my son on Wednesday night at nice. PBA, I'm going to guess. Might be. He doesn't need a wig. He's got kind of a mop already. Good though, for so. him. 
So yes, but I'm sure they'll have some uh, theme theme outfit type thing that the, all the student sections have themes now that they wear for every game. For example, Hawaiian night, freedom, uh, Hawaiian night, Jersey night, America night, right. uh, pink out or whatever. You know, we got all of those. All wow, of those, so. no foreign policy themes. Like I haven't seen that. No defund. <laughs> The, no, fill in the blank. No. no, I think they're. I think the administrators like to kind of stay away stay from smart. Stay away from the heavy policy what themed a, issues. What a treasure that is! The state volleyball tournament. Thank it's goodness amazing. it's in. Li- I can't remember when they tried to move it to Central Nebraska. No offense, Caleb. Remember when they tried to move it to We're, Central Albion, Nebraska for they a while? To bring it to, uh, they brought it to the Heartland Heart, Event Heartland Center, Center, and then they have some other games in other places. Don't knock too. GI. They're just trying. It just wasn't. It just didn't make sense. They took the horses. It hey, when Waverly sense. comes down, are they bringing putting all their water in big Gatorade jugs? Because I'd like one of those. Caleb's still trying to steal the Waverly water for his daughter. Nice. He's trying to get her the Waverly <laughs> magic water. Uh, 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 it kicked in for Becca Alex. Um, uh, fierce I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Becca at uh, the, the store the other day. Okay, I don't think you would make a mistake on who she is. No, but I'm just saying I'm pretty sure because I didn't go up and say, hey, are you Becca Alec? But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Wow. I, I texted Jack immediately after. Oh. I was a Division One thrower against power conference throwers. Yes. I felt smaller around her than I did at any competition in college. I was a Division One athletic observer. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, uh, she's a solid six inches taller than I. Like, like they're not lying yeah, on Caleb the Yeah, Caleb texted me. He nice. was like, yeah, she is... Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's probably it's hard to appreciate on TV. It is how you know, yeah. like you see it. You see an overpass, and her just go snap her wrist, and she's like, "Okay, it, it's done." She, but to see her in person, I'm like, "Can you get that so, off the top shelf for me?" I got to see her at the soccer game on Sunday, and she was just uh, deluged with Husker fans, and she's just so gracious. Is she? Yeah, and interacts a- with them all so generously uh. and. And they're all saying, "Are you are you a volleyball player?" <laughs> These are kind of fundamental questions, and she's just just very patient. How about that for for Hibner getting a, a Big Ten tournament game I've, for soccer, and they they upset a top twenty five team. I'm all after in being on. picked what twelfth uh, in the league for preseason. I'm all in for Husker soccer. That was an awesome game. Jack they're has so no good. idea what we're talking about. I, 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 I have a general <laughs> idea. It's not like you're it's, speaking in another it's language. Awesome. It's, it's 11 on 11. Uh, <laughs> you got two goalies, and they can use their hands. Everyone else can't use your hands. And they are awesome. They got Michigan State on Thursday, right. 1 o'clock. And what are they doing playing that in Columbus? Put that in Lincoln. That place should be packed. Yes. That's too bad. I'd go to that. I'd I'm go all see in. that. And finally, I'm all in, and then they'd leave town. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, let, let's let's stay with Beck Alec for a second yes. before we get into this. But uh, JB, we talked about this last week. But man, her just her her development, her quick development has has continued over the course of this weekend too. Both both of the matches, frankly, oh, when she does not get a kill, it's noteworthy. Yeah, I'll say, Beck Alec, uh, not down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the play continues. It's just uh, she's. Stunning. She's able to find openings in the floor. Now she's in the middle, so she's already in an advantage situation when she does attack. The block often is not there in front of her, but even when it is, she finds an angle. She is an absolute weapon, and we get to watch her for three more yeah. years. It's been it's been great to see how she's developed and and how she's just kind of changed. Uh, you know, mid season version of Becca has has changed this team. Now, unfortunately, we got to talk about the Wisconsin match first, though. Overall, what Wake- is it? Do they have our number? Is it a jinx? What's happening here exactly? Wake up call. You needed it. Uh, every great. Nebraska season has a moment like Wisconsin on Wednesday night. I still last would have preferred year, not to see it. Last year we had Snape. Hold on, 
Yes, you, you wanted to see it. I you, did. You said that's true. You were getting no. That's were, not exactly what I wanted. You were, I wanted. I wanted drama and then ending with a win. You were a malcontent last week, <laughs> just complaining after, about excellence. So, so you got what you wanted, and every great. Nebraska season has a moment like this. And so you had Stanford last year. You had Northern Iowa in 2017. It's a wake-up call. It's just three and a half months is a long time. Yeah. And to just run the table makes you vulnerable in December. Just ask Texas last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I just uh, – go ahead. Just real quick, just because Mark just got this to me. There's a six-vehicle accident at 84th and Iger Drive. That's just north of Highway 2. Um, LFR, LPD responding. One vehicle's on its top. So if you're out and about, Ooh. avoid that area if you could. Yeah. 84th and Iger. Yeah. By, right on the way to – right before you get to, to – on Highway 2, right before you get to 84th. So, well, I guess this would be on the part that connects. It's Correct. If yeah. you're trying to cut through and go kind of fast, that Iker Drive will take you from Highway 2 to 84th. Yeah. So, um, yeah, bad accident there. Um, Nebraska, though, looked, I don't know, they looked particularly, they, they looked like they didn't show up in the way that you would expect them to in that well, match. Well, there were two two-point games. And that's, that's weird, too. It didn't seem like it, yeah, but there it, were. You're right. It felt a little more lopsided than that. Mm-hmm. But Nebraska was right there in both those sets and could have won them and didn't finish the job. And then so much energy to get caught up in the second set, didn't have much left in the yeah. third. But you're absolutely right. Nine straight Wisconsin wins. It's concerning. We get another chance. How about this? The final weekend of the season. I know. After Thanksgiving, Wisconsin and Minnesota, in that order, play in Lincoln. And Minnesota and Wisconsin in that order play at Columbus against Ohio State. I mean, the entire... It's set up like a bracket almost. It's it's awesome. Now, unfortunately, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee probably will have already made their choices by the Saturday night matches. And that'll be the first time we see Minnesota, the first time Ohio State plays Wisconsin. My guess is they've largely decided... Who the top 16 seeds They're are. waiting for Nebraska-Wisconsin on Friday, though. But, oh, that will absolutely be yeah. calibrated. Yeah, I, I bet. I can't imagine. the. Uh, that's going to be a wild night. That's going to be that's a wild big for, night. Big for a lot of reasons. Uh, all sorts of reasons. Primarily the mental. None of the players currently have ever beaten Wisconsin. And you've you got to get through that. Yeah. And so that when you hit December, you don't have that floating over your head. And the entire time, I kind of thought, well, you know, and, and we talked about this a lot. Wisconsin is relying on on some different players than they did last year. You know, they they've still got size, but it's kind of a you know, it's it's it, they're a different team than they were last year um, to some degree without without their little, their superstars and yeah. You, you get um, the same. Uh, they're playing slightly different positions, but uh, the two middles, uh, um, the right side, they're all returning. Jade okay. Demps is returning. Uh, the left side, Yulia Orzel's returning. Yeah, Izzy Ashburn was in a different position, but she's returning. They got a lot of experience left, but okay. they did lose their best players. But Sarah Franklin was a huge addition to the transfer from mm-hmm. Michigan State. She tr- she torched us. And then uh, their libero from Turkey, yeah. the freshman. She's the best European libero under the age of 19, and they got her, and oh, she yeah. really played well. Yeah, Franklin, I did not, I hadn't seen enough of Wisconsin to know what a weapon that she's for that has been for this. She Everywhere. really keyed their attack. And back row especially. We yeah. just didn't answer with back row. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so, so yes, you've got that adversity that seems to have kind of been a hallmark, and, and you're right. John Cook especially does it feels like does a good job when you've got that marker 
to motivate yourself during the course of the season, and hopefully that's what that is. And it seemed like, at least in the short term, it had some impact because then they just housed Maryland. Uh, all I hear, Maryland is, you know, Maryland leading the Great nation blocker. in blocks. They can block everybody. It's yeah. a de- They can beat anybody on any night. They've really put up some good Big Ten matches, and, and here I am a little worried about it. And they, like I said, just housed them. They refocused. As Coach said, you know, I had their attention the day after the Wisconsin loss, and certainly two days when they finally had a full practice again. So I said when Texas lost to Iowa State last week, actually, folks, this is not a good thing because this will awaken them, and they will not allow this experience to happen again. You see, against Nebraska last year in the regional final, that was the first time. I mean, they basically run the dog on table. And they should have gotten beaten the night before against Oregon. This was last December because mm-hmm. they had not faced any adversity. And they squeaked by against Oregon. And so they just had never faced that adversity. By getting beaten midseason at Iowa State, they sense it, feel it, don't want to experience it that again. Well, then when it happens in Nebraska, you can't say the opposite. you got to say, this is actually probably, you know, for December, a good thing. Yeah. One of the interesting things about this this team is, the Nebraska team is, you know, Wisconsin match aside, there have been these individual sets, it feels like, throughout the year where they have just just destroyed the other the other team in these individual sets. It seems like more so than, in, you know, you'll see that sometimes in non-con games and those sorts of things. There's been like four or five sets like that in conference game against good teams this Penn year. Penn State, the final yeah. set against Penn State. Purdue, it, there was one against Purdue. Purdue. They just come in waves because there's all these tall players. Oh, okay, back out to the back row. Well, here comes Kalen Horde. Oh, boy. You know, so it's just overwhelming. If you're, if you're not, if you're constantly playing from behind against Nebraska, it's like when you see the size of these players that just keep rotating in. Yeah. It can be intimidating. Like, there were times that second set against Maryland, I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to be like 25 to 3? No. <laughs> it was. There were times, like, it was like but nothing is going right for that team right Nebraska now. Nebraska played well below average. I, wanna, I don't want to say that was their low point of the year when it comes to performance, but well below average against Wisconsin. Yeah. And it's not clear hope. that Wisconsin can play better. And Nebraska okay. had two two point sets. That's okay. I feel better about that then. That run did help. That run was crazy. And then for a second, you think they're going to actually complete their. They got all the way back to tied, didn't they? 23 8. Jeez. In the second set. And then it was, a, so was it a service error then? Was no, it was, that, just, was it? it was bang, bang. I uh, forget what it was. I uh, do not still, think it was a service still error. Still those service errors occasionally. Yeah, I don't like God, those. Those are killing good. me. Killing me. All right, this week. Uh, back at uh, back at Devaney Center, Indiana. another late night start against the Hoosiers. Eight o'clock against Indiana. They're six and six in the conference, so hold everything. Okay. You know they got wins against Texas A and M, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State. Okay, but yeah, and they're playing a lot better. Early season, my goodness, they lost to Jacksonville State, SMU, North Carolina State, but they're none of that of late. Okay, so they're going to try to pull the shocker. Uh, then uh, we've got Northwestern, who Nebraska's seen this year. Sunday they at 1 o'clock. They uh, did it in Lincoln. They swept them. They go to uh, Evanston this time around. They're solid. They, they they shocked Purdue in five. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and, 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 and now, though, boy, we've really... We've really got it down. It's just that Nebraska, Wisconsin sort of thing. Is it if neither of them trip, that's the Big Ten championship essentially. Ohio right? State's right there. Ohio State lost to Nebraska by two points in the fifth in Lincoln. So let's not. Yeah, get I remember that was stuff. a great that was a great match. But they got a great uh, coach. I, I wanted to see the the actual standings. Now Most, they're here. all tied. 
They're all okay. So they are tied. You're right. They're eleven. Eleven right. one. Okay. Eleven one. Eleven one. I need to give them. I need to give them credit. Yeah, then. Don't just because they got beaten soccer. That's exactly what I was doing. I, mean, I told you about John Walker's soccer team. They're awesome. Uh, they In Ohio State, they go to, uh, if you're just curious about their schedule, it goes like this, at Northwestern, at Michigan State, at Purdue, Nebraska, at Maryland, Indiana. And they also finish up with Minnesota and Wisconsin, yeah, uh, right. which is interesting. That's what I said so, a while ago. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all four Th- of them that's, together. Yeah, that's, together. That's, I didn't nice. realize it was the exact... It was the I I realized they all played each other, but I didn't realize it was like the reverse... That scheduling is weird that weekend. That was, uh, it's exciting. That's some, that's some travel for some of these teams, too. So they're trying to please you, Jack, as you're complaining about these lopsided games. So now you got something to look forward to. It's it's the triumvirate. And, 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 of course, that makes that match that Nebraska has coming up against Iowa State, November Ohio State, I should say, November 13th, Sunday afternoon think, in Columbus. Do you think that every Halloween there are more and more dark homes? <sighs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, can't you just come out with some Smarties? Yeah. And just interact with the kids. I sat in the driveway last night. That was oh. a nice way to do it. Beautiful night. I'm you're a fine example for the rest of us. I'm trying to talk so about too. the uh, the many Nebraska Lincolnites who darken their homes, and every year there's more. I'd say on an average block, two homes. Two I, homes I, are lit up radio. I heard a few reports though. It was pretty busy in our neighborhood, but yeah. I heard reports from other neighborhoods that fewer kids out than ever. Interesting. No, yeah. they couldn't put down the Wii. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't put down the screens. They were all trick or treating online. <laughs> this whole interactive with Homo sapiens can be a little tricky. <laughs> oh boy! Minecraft and now full. it's an app. Yeah, yeah it's an app. You get you, you get, get virtual you get, uh, Venmo, virtual candy. Venmo me that candy. It's, it's NFT candy. Smart <laughs> boy. Sometimes when kids go outdoors, like whoa, they're kind of blinded. Like dang, what the sun? But you want to interact with Homo sapiens for the reasons we're talking about. And I just think when you take the night, when you dial it in on Halloween night, maybe you're working. That's okay, but. I, you know, in two houses, every block typically are ready to go, and everyone else is dark. And if you're a kid, you're thinking, hey, well, what, uh, what's going on here? Do it, yeah. I, well, I, and I just got to take credit again. I did a wonderful job of that last night with my house <laughs> lit up. I got the TV out there in case people wanted to watch World Series. Then they canceled that. So we put the Monday Night Football on, which was a terrible game. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, a lot of orange. Uh, you know, got the Halloween playlist going. It was it was a lot of fun. The Battle of Ohio, a lot of fun. The Battle of Ohio, a lot of people are talking about. Uh, Nebraska still got Iowa twice too, sandwiched around that Ohio State game. We haven't even faced Iowa one time Jeez, this year. What is the, what is the deal? Playing them twice in a week. All right, so that's November, and then and then goes that home stretch at the end. Thursday, uh, Nebraska soccer, one o'clock against Michigan State. Win it, you go to the tournament. Probably lose it, season might be over. How unprecedented is that for Nebraska soccer in it's recent It's been a long years, time since they've gotten it? into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's been a few years. Now, the head coach, John Walker, is the foremost Montreal Expo expert in the city. <laughs> Likes to talk a lot of uh, Marquis Grissom, Gary Carter, Andre Dawson. If asked. He doesn't initiate. Okay. But if uh, the guy is, got, is loaded on Expo knowledge, you just threw out some names that got me a little impressed. So you, might be, you might be in the conversation. Oh, I can talk Montreal Expos. Dennis Martinez. I mean, we can. I can go. Wow, that's oh, legit. I can go. Really, I can go Woody, really deep. Woody Fryman, Ron Hunt. Oh, that's nice. a little deeper than I can go. Tim Raines. I put you know, sweet. I put you in the top three. Tim Raines. Twenty sixteen for the uh, NCAA tournament last. The last time. time they made it. Anyway, they look great, and the, the power with which they kick the ball and pass the ball, and they're amazing athletes. They're just. It's just impressive. It reminds impressive me of group. my short stint uh, coaching first grade girls soccer. Sure. Where my number one and only instruction to them was constantly kick it hard. 
Kick it. Kick it. Kick it Come hard. On. Kick it hard. Wherever you kick it, just kick it just hard. Kick my it hard. Son, no more soft kicks. My son had a budding soccer career. I'm thinking Ronaldo. Sure. I'm thinking Pele. And then his first goal was in his own net. Ooh. And then we kind of, and the referee had to sort of, you know, had to put his arm yeah. around and say, it's okay. And uh, that was, the, the, his days were numbered in the sport. But he, uh, Those are going to be high-scoring games. That yep. probably won't matter in the long run in that match. Yeah. It's probably a 15 to 12 game. But now as we look back, over. a lot of what might have been. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska fourth in the new ABCA poll. Texas won. San Diego two. Okay. Wisconsin three. Right. Nebraska four. Louisville five. There's Ohio Louis- State at six. Louisville, that's uh, locker room material. They're not number five. They're better than that. <laughs> San Diego, come on. That's what I said. I mean, we all love the Toreros as much as the next I mean, guys, you, but come on. You got to remind them. Hey, everybody off the beach. We got a game. Oh, heck. <laughs> <sighs> got to earn this free, you know, $75,000 year education, I guess. Okay, what time is it? Can we just cancel? Pra- Fine, can't practice off. Meet you down there. <laughs> all right, join us uh, Wednesday night. Who's got uh, the sunblock? That's a KLIN game, right, Caleb? Because yep. it's an 8 right o'clock here. start. Right KLIN here. game plus B1073. When San Diego starts practice, the coach is like, can you put away the beach balls? <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We'll see if that uh, San Diego John mentality Cook's not going to like all these over. shots you're taking. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that More his, locker room material. <laughs> yeah. First I'm slamming the Iowa it student is. section now. It's the San be, Diego work ethic. What next? It's going to be awkward on that John Cook interview <laughs> on KLIN this week. I, mean, I can tell you that tonight. right now. Tonight, it's tonight. at 7 o'clock. And Yikes. It's, it's well, like 60 minutes. I'm like Mike Wallace. Tune in for the uh, awkwardness and the elephant in the room. Yep. <laughs> you're going to want to hear it. USD alumnus. <laughs> all right. It's 855. There's John Bailey. They used to play hard when he was there. Hard nose like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. John Baylor, always an adventure. <laughs> Don't forget, Nebraska volleyball for Indiana here. KLIN, 8 o'clock, 7.30 pregame Wednesday, November 2nd. That would be tomorrow night. Uh, and then uh, don't forget the show in the morning, 6 a.m. It's called LNK Today with Jack and Friends. It's it's this show is what it is. It's this one. And uh, tomorrow on the show, we've, we're going to have for you a little uh, What Chap Tried Wednesday. Yeah? Get it off your chest. So be thinking about the day. I'm going to get the Facebook post post posted correctly. <laughs> okay, I will. I will uh, get that done today for you. Uh, John Bishop is going to join us, and uh, I'll have a whole lot more. What's going on, including fantasy Oscars pick? Did we get a uh, fourth fantasy Oscars pick for today? Yeah, it keeps going in the same direction. Sean takes thirteen. 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 So we've got picks of eighteen, sixteen, fifteen, and thirteen. If you ever forget them, they're all at KLIN.com. Is that Sean not trusting the backup quarterbacks, or is that Sean saying Nebraska's going to get up about 21 to nothing and just run clock? Confidence is what I see out of that. Let's just pretend and assume that's what's happening. (laughs) It makes me feel better inside. Good. All right, have a great day, everybody. 51 degrees right now in the capital city. Could be record high temperatures today in the 80s. So stay cool out there, I guess, this November 1st. It's 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.